This is the single shot podcast by the photography enthusiast. Welcome to the third episode of the Photography Enthusiast Single Shot Podcast. So today we're going to be talking about five photography related accessories that you should really own. Now for these accessories, not everyone may own them or you may actually own them already, but I think for some people it could be beneficial if you're especially new and starting out and wondering what to buy aside from lenses and cameras. Some of them may seem obvious, but people may not realize their value like um, the first one that will be discussed on the list. So what we'll do is we'll get into it straight away and start the discussion. So the first three are going to be more towards um, like shooting and maintaining the camera. The other two are going to be more editing related. So number one on the list is an L bracket. Now, admittedly, I only realized like what an L bracket was and their value um, earlier in the year or late last year and got myself one started this year. I do a lot of tripod work, so... I like to do my still life photos, which obviously on a tripod majority of the time. And I also do a lot of landscapes and urban landscapes and that cityscape stuff, which require a tripod when you're doing long exposures. What an L bracket is, it's a bit harder on a podcast to sort of explain, which I'm going to have a text post to go along with it. But it's a like a tripod bracket that mounts to the bottom of your camera. So it will be in the shape of an L. So you'll have a bit on the side of the camera as well as underneath. What it does is it has a rail on there, which usually works with, um, depending on which one you get, that is with Arca Swiss tripods. You can actually mount it to the tripod. Why it's better than sort of a normal tripod plate is when you have an L bracket and, or not using an L bracket, sorry, and you're using just a normal tripod mount and you want to do a vertical um, sort of orientation for the camera, you're going to have to have it sort of the camera hanging to the side. Not only does it sort of put the camera off center and it sort of changes where you have to position a tripod to get the right composition, but also makes it a bit less balanced as well. Whereas with an L bracket, when it's pretty much on a portrait orientation, it's still in the center of the tripod, just like as if it was mounted in a horizontal position. So it makes shooting a lot more stable and easier. They even have on the bottom, you'll find what my one does is um, by small rig. It has a little sort of socket there so you can attach another tripod mount to it. Or if you use something like a black wrapper strap, which I use, which goes into the tripod mount, you can still attach that to the L bracket. So you don't have to sort of take the L bracket off, put the tripod mount and switch back and forth. So they're really great value. As I mentioned, my ones from small rig are really right stuff seem to be quite popular as well. Whichever brand you do get, just make sure it's good quality and it's going to be able to um, attach to the camera well. And also you may get like decent ones that are cheap. The main thing I'd be concerned about is the quality of the threading on the bolt. So like if it's got poor threading and you're constantly like taking off, putting it back on, that'll wear out after a while and you'll find that you know, one day the tripod is just not, I mean, the bracket's just not going to come off the camera because all the threading has been stripped from that screw. So that could be an issue. So that's why it's good to make sure, you know, if you're going to be using it a lot, it's worth investing the money in the decent one. Now, the second accessory I would recommend is a wireless remote control. So you can get these like from expensive ones to cheap ones. I personally, for both my Canon camera and my Sony camera, use just a cheap eBay one. They work really well for what they are. It's just something that triggers the camera. You can, a lot of them have a little switch so you can put it on a two second delay as well. 
With these, the reason why I prefer wireless is because you don't have to do cable, have a cable hanging from the camera, which you have to hold steady. Especially for myself, I do like lots of several minute long exposures. If I had to stand there holding that cable there for all that time, it would just seem like too annoying and too much hassle. You do also have the option of using your phone. Like most, I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure Nikon would do, but I know Sony and Canon, you can do the long exposures and trigger them from their um, camera apps, like their shooting apps. But with that, if you just want to go on your phone or you don't want to have to use up the battery, like having that Bluetooth or Wi-Fi connection on the camera as well as your phone, this is like a really simple and easy solution. And it honestly costs probably like under $20 majority of the time. I think the Sony one I had was about 10 or less than that. The same with the Canon. The next is the rocket blower and sensor wipe. So a rocket blower is definitely like something everyone should own regardless. What it is, is pretty much it's the shape of a rocket and it just blows air. It's good for cleaning off your lens, cleaning off your sensor. It's pretty much really good because whenever you clean, say, the front element of your lens, for example, you should always blow dust off first because that will get rid of those real light particles rather than using a cloth first. Because if you there's something hard on there and you use a cloth, it'll push it into the lens. It can end up scratching it. Whereas if the rocket blower or any kind of blower like that, it'll not like the really electronic ones, those are probably too powerful and could damage the, um, if they have any chemicals in them, damage the um, coating on the front element. But yeah, works a lot better just to do it that way so pretty much i use mine on my front element and whenever i change lenses the lens i'm gonna put on the camera i'll blow the rear element put it back sort of gently on the um rear cap so it's sort of sitting on there but it's not stuck to it then i'll take off the lens that's on my body put that somewhere while holding my body sensor facing the ground give it a blow with the um, what's it called, rocket blower, then pick up the lens, put them both on a horizontal position and put the lens on. So that's a good way of doing that. And sensor wipes. So now that's a bit more of a tricky one. If you don't feel comfortable um, cleaning your sensor and there's like affordable options where you live to get it done, just get it done professionally. Like here in Sydney, I think it's about $100 or more to get your sensor clean. Even back in Perth, it was around that as well. I think the cheapest I could get was 80 I Back then, I didn't have the confidence to do it myself. There was one point where I just thought about it and realized I build my PCs myself. I fix it like my PC myself. I'm not like a super handyman, but I'm not scared to do that kind of stuff. So why not just clean my sensor myself? So I've actually cleaned my sensor like three, four times now with no issues. There was one issue one time, which was kind of funny. So uh, I was with my Sony. I cleaned the sensor and, you know, I thought no problem, should be all good. I put the lens back on and then I took a photo. So what happened was this photo had a dark mark in the corner and I was like freaking out. This is like, even though it was like F2.8, there shouldn't be like a mark this dark. It was like as if, if you know, when you shoot above the sync speed without high speed sync enabled, like you got that black mark, it was like that, like pretty much like that. So I took another photo still there and I started freaking out, took the lens off, tried to clean it again, still there afterwards. 
eventually I like calmed down a bit, looked at my camera properly. The lens hood wasn't in the correct position. And as it wasn't in the correct position, it was showing up in the photo. As soon as I put the lens hood in the correct position, that black mark was gone. So that was like a little bit of a scare. That's the only issue I've had. Otherwise, I clean my sensor now myself and I find I don't even need to clean it that often. The wipes I use are by VSGO sensor wipes. They cost me about 40 bucks for 10 wipes. Might sound expensive, but keep in mind, I was paying $100 each time I got my sensor clean. So this works out like much, much cheaper. They seem good quality. They've cleaned my sensor to a really great um, amount. So I definitely recommend them and keep using them. I haven't cleaned my sensor in, I don't know, three, four months and it's still clean. So I think it's a matter of changing your lenses in the right way, not changing them outdoors especially, and just knowing how to clean the sensor yourself. You can save yourself a lot of money and a lot of hassle. It can be scary, but as long as you know how to do it on your camera, which you should do the research first, because each camera can be a bit different, it's well worth investing your time and learning. Now onto the items that are a bit more editing orientated than rather like straight up camera related. So the first one is a gaming mouse. So I use the Logitech G602 gaming mouse. So you may wonder how a gaming mouse would help um, with your editing. So on each mouse you have, well not every mouse, but there's a thing called DPI. It's like the sensitivity. So like a higher DPI, correct me if I'm wrong, it may go like faster, whereas a lower sensitivity, you know, obviously each movement will be moved a lot less. So pretty much with the gaming mouse I have, I have controls on there so I can easily change the DPI up and down. So say for example, I'm doing my normal editing, I'll keep it on like a more standard DPI. Then once I'm doing something where I want to really carefully um, move the sliders or very carefully touch up some blemish or something and don't want to have one extra extra precision I can drop the DPI down really low so even though I move my mouse from say like one side to the other it barely moves across um, the canvas or whatever I'm doing and then it's also got programmable buttons on it so I have one button to create a new layer one button to switch to zoom switch to brush like you can do all different kind of things and program them with lots of different actions so it does make it easier you can do that as well with your keyboard but I find having it on the mouse is a lot easier you can just click everything it's less tiring on the hands as well if you're like me and you're typing all day every day at work as well And last but not least is a monitor calibrator. So I love my color grading. Color work is like to me the most important part of when my editing process. So you cannot, you know, do it correctly if your monitor is not calibrated. There was a long time ago where I edited this photo on my like this Asus ZenBook laptop. That one was not only not 100% sRGB, but it also wasn't calibrated. So that display turns out was actually very warm and I edited it, this photo to make it look really warm. So when I actually got home and looked at on my PC, which was calibrated, this image was like horrible. It looked like it was pure yellow. Like I took the yellow saturation, put it up to hundred. That's how bad it was. So that's why it's really important to have your monitor calibrated. They're not cheap. They can be around a few hundred, I think. Like I have a Spider 4 Pro, which is a bit old now. And I, the newer version is a Spider X, which I think is around 250, 300 AUD. But they're well worth their money and they pay for themselves. You can calibrate it, set it to remind you every either like three or six months. I do mine, I think, every three to six months because they can actually change a bit over time. And 
which is you know crazy that they can do that, but it's well worth getting one and investing in one, especially if you do color work and you want everything to be accurate. Like obviously, if people are viewing your stuff on their phone as or an uncalibrated monitor, it may not look 100% to them, but anyone who's serious about their photography and has a calibrated monitor will be able to actually appreciate all the work that's gone into your color grading and how accurate the colors are. So that covers the top five um, photography-related related accessories you should own. Before I just add in a quick note here, I'm hoping to get my Sony 35mm f1.8 this week. There has been a bit of delay here in Australia, like some sellers got it, some didn't. Sony's been selling it for weeks now. They seem to have kept the stock for themselves and selling it exclusively, which is, you know, a bit annoying if you didn't order from them. I wanted to be a bit cheap, save myself like 50 bucks and support the store that's given me great service like throughout time, which was Camera Pro in Queensland. I don't live in Queensland though, but um highly recommend them gave me excellent service when i got my a7 free and not sponsored by them not affiliated or anything just simply yeah but hopefully get hopefully hopefully get my lens this week once i do i'll definitely do some first impressions as i mentioned before i love 35 millimeters so i might even do my next episode in two weeks time on that lens and my impression so far and take include a few photos i usually like to give it like a quite a bit longer so i can get some real nice quality photos and get to know the lens better but i have a feeling this lens is going to boost my shooting a lot more like how the canon ef 35 millimeter f2 is did when i first got that lens as well Otherwise, not much else to discuss for me. Um, just been busy with uni work and life in general. Had friends visiting, like my good friend Joey from um, Singapore. We went out shooting, which you can see the posts on my photos by dlw.com um, website. Otherwise, that's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to subscribe. All the social links will be posted in the show notes as well as on the Photography Enthusiast website, which I'll leave a link to as well. So thank you for listening and bye.